What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to The Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. You can follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore 8. Friday, January 10th. Happy New Year 2020, baby. Brand new podcast. Very, very special edition of the podcast today. Rachel Barbo joined the podcast today. She talked a lot of great things from changing the narrative to the college football playoffs and everything in between. It's a very awesome podcast, and I can't wait for you guys to have a listen. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. All of our podcasts are brought to you by S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington Depot Square in Arlington, Tennessee. want to thank S.Y. Wilson for their continued support of the Mitch Davis Show. They've got all of your outdoor needs. They've got all your Memphis Tiger needs. They've got everything from collegiate to bait and tackle and everything in between. There at S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington Depot Square. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Want to thank our very special guest, Rachel Barbo, for joining the podcast today. She's founder of Changing the Narrative and also former college football reporter. Everything in between, she has done it all. It's a very fun podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it. I am joined now by one of the most influential people in sports journalism and also in sports in general, Rachel Barbro. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, like I've told you off here is you, you're a role model to uh, so many people, and especially myself, get, trying to get into the sports journalism world. And uh, with your faith and with your upbringing and everything that you bring to the table, you set a great example for a lot of people. Well, that means everything to me, and, you know, I just was making a post this morning, actually, and I think, for me, um, the only way I'm going to explain it is that I would be nothing without God, and He is my source of everything. So, um, every success, every heartbreak, um, everything, every accolade, every opportunity, and even the ones that didn't get that led me to where I am today, it's all because of Him, and, you know, every paycheck. Um, the voice that I have, the fact that if you think about it, you get down to a cellular level, the fact that my cells even come together to be able to form sentences because of God. Yes, ma'am. And so for me, I, I, I can't, you know, he is the source of everything and, and, and he is, he is my everything. And so how can I not get some praise? How can I not say thank you? And, and, um, I remember early on, it was interesting to me early on, I had an agent who told me. Um, that I really needed to calm down my my um, talk about God, and I needed to really tone it down because it's just on my website. And I had somebody else that told me that around that time, and I just said to them both respectfully, but that's why I'm cognizant not to to shove my face down people's throats. You know, when I ask for prayer, say, hey, if you're the praying type, I ask publicly. Or if you, you know, believe in, you know, positive thoughts or whatever it is that you believe in, you know, if you would be so kind as to pray for me. But I remember saying to my uh, my agent at the time and this other person, hey, listen, you know, if that's the reason why I don't get a job, I, I don't want that job. <laughs> that, that wasn't the job for me. So if my faith is so bothersome to somebody, uh, that's not the job for me. And so, um, you know, I am strategic uh, about when... I share, I listen to my heart, um, but 
again, I, I couldn't, I, I wouldn't be where I am today without him. So he does get all the honor and glory. Amen to that, and God to be the glory here. And this leads me into this a little bit. As a college student and as a young journalist, you know, we look up to people like you. How do you use, you know, before we get into changing the narrative in college football playoff, what advice would you give to a young journalist like myself or like other people who are trying to get into the business but also, you know, have a strong faith in God and don't want to, you know, basically shy away from that? I think um, the, the, uh, the advice that Spencer Tillman um, years ago that gave me that advice is a really deep strategic, not to not share your faith, not to not, you know, to be a chain. But I would say, you know, um, be perfect. You know, I would say um, don't, um, certainly do not uh, exclude people. I think that's another thing, too, that, you know, not everybody can understand, not everybody believes the way you do, but we want to be, you know, I want people to know that the faith that I have, the peace that I have, and the blessed assurance I have. So, I would just say be strategic, follow your heart, make sure not to exclude people, um, and, and work hard. But the other thing, I, I, a lot of people, I've had conversations about this with people, and people are like, oh, well, you know, there's going to be blood. This is the plan of the Lord. Well, the plan of the Lord is also to get your shovel and work hard. And just because we believe in God doesn't mean that we don't have to work hard, that we don't have to do our part in the plan. And so for me, I think about that a lot, and these things that have happened for me, that God, the doors he's opened, have required a lot of work for me as well. They cannot shy away from the hard work. I always tell young people in the business, and older people, never get, my mom used to say when she was alive, never get your victory bridges. So you're not above getting coffee for somebody, you're not above, um, you know, you're not above being a, a, a runner, you're not above doing those things, and so you stay humble, you stay kind, and the first person to show up and the last to leave and if you keep that attitude your entire career you're going to be successful this leads me into this next question for you and this is your baby this is your bread and butter changing the narrative let's talk about that what is that what what is that for somebody who doesn't know and what does it mean to you first and foremost yeah it's um so it's interesting you know, I would say if somebody had no idea what it was, if they had not been alive in the football world in the last three years, um, because there's been millions of social media hits and, and people identifying as kings and queens and it's been nothing short of miraculous. What I would say to people is it's a national movement um, and it was born out of the desire that we could actually take the headlines back for good and we could actually trend that we athletes, people that cover sports, um, we could actually write positive stories, and we could change the narrative, not if it believes it leads, not negative, but it could be positive news, that we could change the stereotypes around around athletes. For example, you know, dumb jock, entitled, foiled, player, jerk, and these are straight out of the mouth of athletes that I speak to, and so that's how it began, and uh, the Tenant for Purpose Passion Platform um, and then it grew into, as I listened to athletes across the country, how to be a king or a queen every day of your life, how to be royal um, every day of your life, how to be able to look in the mirror and be proud of yourself as the person staring back at you. So we talked purpose beyond sports. We talked about interpersonal relationships. And really, in the last year, we've taken a sharp focus on mental health uh, because it is something that none of us can uh, can ignore, and so it, it's been nothing short of miraculous, as I probably said a hundred times, but it, it is, it's my baby, and I've spoken at over 40 schools, like 45 schools, many schools like Minnesota, Southern Illinois University, LSU, many schools that I 
be multiple times in Oregon, um, FSU, because they get it. My method to I might go in one time, we'll talk about racism. I might go in one time and we'll talk about mental health. Activations as well, which is really cool as we're going into the fourth year. We just went to the first ever national mental health game between Minnesota and Maryland this past year. And it was way more, God bless everybody who ever gets a helmet sticker on on a college helmet. That's amazing. But it was more than that. The players wore the shirts on the field. We made a joint PSA with PJ Fleck and Coach Blossley and Minnesota Maryland players saying, take off the map, get real, destroy perfect. We need to start treating mental health like we do physical health. If you've got a broken elbow, you get it looked at. If you've got something going on in your head, you get it looked at. We had uh, almost 40,000 programs that had uh, had resources to be able to get help, had our website it, uh, recognized in the field. I mean, tons of media. And people ask me a lot, you know, what did you really want to happen with, with that that game and that weekend that said for me all I wanted to happen was there was one person in that stadium that was struggling alone. There was one person that felt suicidal. There was one person that thought, I cannot do this. I this it and they saw that PSA and they said, you know what? If that big early football player can talk about that coach can talk about mental health and go seek help, maybe I can go seek help too. And I truly believe that there were people that left that stadium that day knowing that they weren't alone. And that two, they could seek help, and three, they had the resources to do it. And we are just getting started, my friend. That's that's just starting to focus on the things that we're doing with this movement. That leads me to this, and, and being a being a college student, and, and you know, I come back to that a lot. How would you know one like myself get involved with changing the narrative, or how would somebody at home listening to this, if they say, "Hey, I want to get involved with that," how would they go about getting involved with your organization there? friends with yeah one heartbeat um one heartbeat um they are one of their their insiders there i think one of their trainers um he does a, a, a character study like that was his success on the field and and no doubt and you know the athletic i think they wrote about it recently and he looked up lsu for the article but no doubt you can correlate the characters he talks about this with this uh this year's team and what they've been able to do. And, and it's just amazing to me. Um, you know, it, it's amazing to me. It's, not, it's amazing the success, and I'm, and I'm proud of them. But I'm not shocked if that makes sense. I've spoken to them twice 
Um, and each time a line, 30, 40 deep after work is, is waiting, 15, 20 guys at this talk are waiting to talk about their girlfriends, their moms, their, what they've forgiven, what they've gone through, what's happened, um, how they want to be a king. And, and so I know these guys intimately. I know their struggles. I know their heart. I know what they've been through. And I see all the, the stuff they put in behind the scenes that nobody else can really see outside of the program and maybe the fans and have follow it closely. And so, um, you know, I think it's also pretty, it's a beautiful story, too, because Coach Joe wasn't their first choice. He wasn't even their second choice. And um, there were a couple people that they wanted before him that had not been successful with him, and he desperately needed a second chance. You know, I think life is about second chances, and we talk about that changing the narrative. Again, it doesn't mean to perfect, and I am far from it. But what I've done is chosen to use, I've chosen to use my pain for purpose. And that's what I tell kings and queens across the country at all these programs. What have you been through that was meant to kill you? That I believe a blueprint for you to help save lives, to help other people. And I, so for me, I'm not surprised. I, I just tell you, I'm not surprised by the way. I'm not surprised by the way. I'm not surprised at all. I've been seeing him build it. I'm so, 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 so proud of them. I, I was there to be fully. Um, for no other reason, I was actually hosting a panel that morning, but then I stayed and, and was on the sidelines of the game for no other reason but to be in this, this new role of, of mentor, consultant, friend, um, big sister, aunt, whatever you want to call me for the, the team. And afterwards, I saw Coach O, and, and he screamed at me, and he was like, Hey, Winter, thank you so much, thank you, thank you, no, thank you. And then I brought a big bag of bracelets that say, you know, changing the narrative, and these athletes love to identify that. And um, I had 100 bracelets in the bag, and they took every single one of them. They're like, I want one, I want one, because we tell you the secret. Inside of each and every one of us is a team point. You are not born to be average. You are not born to work a job and die. You have a dream, you have an assignment inside of you that is bigger than you, a legacy that is, that is meant to help and change to create other people. Maybe the legacy is underneath your own roof as, a, as an adult or the, and a, and a, maybe it's outside your home. I don't know, it's different for everybody. But there exists inside each one of us. And it's, so it's interesting to me when I call a young man a king, you know, it, it doesn't mean I think he's perfect. It means I'm calling out greatness to them. I'm reminding them who was created to be. You know how many times I've talked to athletes they say, I, I was going to do, I was on the wrong path, or I was going to do the wrong thing, or make the wrong decision. I looked down and looked at that bracelet and reminded myself, it reminded me that I'm a king and I don't need to do that, and they change course. So that's why I call them kings and queens, because it doesn't mean you're perfect in the circumstance right now. It means remember who you are, and remember it lives inside of you, and act accordingly. You know, this leads me into this, and, and before I let you go here, let's talk about Clemson. Dabo Sweeney, yeah. kind of the same story. You know, he's very outspoken about his faith. He's been here before. Talk about Clemson and a little bit about their program as well. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, um, I'll just tell the story about Dabo. Um, so, in, just, okay, so back up. So, uh, August of 2016, I've done this talk one. And I've done it in this year. And, and there, are, there are aspects that look the same, but it's also remarkably different. And because it's, it's because of the fact that I, I talk to athletes along the way. They tell me what they're going through. They tell me what I need to address. They tell me what I need to change. And I learn from them. And Clemson was the second, uh, the 
15 to say yes to this talk. And they allowed me in 14 days before they dismantled Ohio State and route to their first national championship. Wow. And what blew my mind then and continues to blow my mind now is that Gallo's Candy did not ask me for a note. He didn't ask me for a syllabus. He didn't ask me for an outline. He didn't ask me for anything. He allowed me to cut the hearts and minds of his athletes 14 days before they dismantled Ohio State. And if you know anything about coaches, you know that they are a superstitious buck, right? Like, yeah. they're a squirrely buck. So the fact, it is mind-blowing. The fact that he allowed me to walk on his knee on floor having no idea other than my reputation and that I was a believer, addressed his football team. I mean, I could have just opened their minds up for their garbage. Obviously didn't and wouldn't, but he trusted me. And that trust means everything to me. And so I... You know, we, we talked about changing the narrative. We talked about my clever older dogs, my friend Kevin Turner, who had ALS, Dabo at the and his son Nolan, if you don't know the story, you need to go look it up, plays for Dabo. Um, he's an amazing defensive player, and it's like come full circle. Well, fast forward, of course, with the CFP to the game of Tampa, which they win, and I'm there, you know, I, I don't have post-game duties, and I'm there on the field just kind of taking it all in. And looking up and kind of talking to Kevin and, and Heaven, a friend of mine who is teaching uh, It's Not About You and other things were, were really the early foundation for changing the narrative. And I'm looking up and all of a sudden, these coaches, these Clemson coaches are chasing me down and saying, we did it! We changed the narrative! We climbed the mountain! We did it! And little did I know, I found out later that they had been using verbiage. Uh, they were going to change the narrative, climb the mountain, and knock off Alabama, came to the Arizona College football. And so Deshaun Watson you know, picked me up, and, and coaches are picking me up, and they're looking at their bracelets, and that's when, like, I, I had an inkling of what this could be. Um, and it doesn't matter to me whether a team loses or, or a team wins. It does matter. I'm happy for them. Either way is what I mean. I love them just the same. But it is special to see it all come together, and it's also special for me, for Dapper Swinney and this team, for him to say, I will not compromise. I am who I am. I'm going to build my program the way I want to build it. It's the Roy bus, the rest of y'all. You know, whether he annoys you or not, he is who he is, a thousand percent, and I respect him for that. You know, before we get into this last topic a little bit, I do want to thank you so much for, for all these stories. Because i tell you what, just listening to these and jotting down some notes, you know, as, as I record here. And I tell you what, you have motivated me. Um you know, just couldn't put that on the record. And just talking the way that you talk is, is so phenomenal. I can only imagine what those Clemson players and what the LSU players were thinking when you came and talked to them because you're, you're awesome. And, and I greatly appreciate you coming on the show. And that leads me to my last question. You've been doing this a long time. You've been in college football. You've been in sports a long time. What is maybe one or two of your most fondest, most memorable memories doing this? Oh man, that's such a um, that is such a good question. I you know I I remember uh, yeah, I actually pulled up the photo today. I remember the very first um, college football playoff national championship, and I remember um, Bill Hancock in the college football playoff. And Ben Stanton was pregame, working every ball. We're looking over the field, and I remember saying, "Do you understand?" And we are literally rewriting the history books of college football as we speak. You know, 
as the college football history, but it's also amazing to me. And I the page. This is the first time in uh, 10, 15 years I won't be at a national championship. I've chosen to go to the AFCA instead, um, where I'll be able to affect hundreds of coaches and talk about the program and touch them and help them. And, and that's what's important now. I've made that transition from reporter and to to what I need to do. And um, that was a big step for me. But I was just looking at pictures today, and one of them was myself on the largest jumbo part of the world, and that is in Dallas, in Gary's world. I mean, yeah, my nose was so good to fit a BW bug in my nostril. And uh, I remember that taking my world, you know, at that moment. I remember that as an accomplishment, and it was a wonderful accomplishment. But now my accomplishments are, are weighed on different things. And I, I actually shared a picture this morning, too, that, that I used to live for my name and headlights, and now I live for your top things in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that, and, and that's something that is so powerful, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I here's what I hope for everybody. Here's what, why I do what I do and why I eat, breathe, and sleep this thing. I mean, ask my boyfriend, ask my family, you know, you don't go and out that stuff that changing the narrative, you know. It's, uh, yeah. and, and we even added this like your eye thing there just to make it more declarative. Um, but it's my highest. And one of my highest goals in life is to help everybody find what sets their soul on fire and help them work it with everything they have because I'm more alive and more on fire and um, more passionate and, and more relentless than I ever have been before. And it's because lives are at stake and teachers are at stake and families are at stake. And I care greatly um, about these young men and women and about two years in, year and a half in, I started to recognize I can't just speak to men. I have to speak to women because they're part of the equation, too. And so I speak to queens. Um, and if anybody's listening to this podcast, I speak to churches, corporations. Um, I speak to, you know, schools. And, you know, I started speaking to queens, but the message to them is very different. I always ask the administration or whoever is organizing it if, if we can speak to themselves. Because queens, it. You know, honey, when you start to love yourself and value yourself in such a way that you know that there's no one else like you in the entire planet, people start to create standards and boundaries by which you will let people treat you. And I think women get such um, crazy messages uh, in the world that you're not enough, you're too short, you're too tall, you're too black, you're too white, you're too smart, you're too stupid. And and it all equals you're not enough. And so they tell them you are enough. You are enough, and that you can't change the world. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been really, I said this about 27 today, but it's been nothing sort of miraculous. Yes, ma'am. She is Rachel Barbo. Miss Rachel, tell them where they can find you, your social media, all your work. And also, thank you so, so, so much for coming on the first time of the podcast. I'm sure I'm going to have you on a countless number of times because. Like, this has been something that's not only been beneficial for my listeners, but also for myself as well, being a young journalist and looking up to people like you. You know, you talk about changing narrative and all that great stuff, and a lot of people look up to you, so I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Oh, well, thank you so much. And they can, I love, um, I'm a big social media person, so they can go to I'm, I am changing the narrative.org. Um, that's a website, and you can also go to my Instagram, um, Facebook, my Twitter. I check out all the messages, or if somebody on my team does, and they get them to me. 
And it's Rachel Barbeau, B-A-R-I-B-E-A-U. I sound R-A-C-H-E-L. And I cannot wait to connect. And I'm so thankful for you. And thank you so much for the kind words. It just means everything to me. And I can't wait to see how you change the narrative and uh, and, and the sports casting field. Because that's what I'm really doing right now. I'm passing the torch to others. And, um, and yeah, just for a lot of young women of the years. And I'm so excited to see what you guys accomplish in next generation of sports casters. You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. A special thank you to Rachel Barbo for coming on the podcast today. Phenomenal interview. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, you can find all the podcasts on everywhere you like to listen to your podcast. Apple Music. You've got them on SoundCloud, Google. Everywhere you like to listen to your podcast, you can find The Mitch Davis Show by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. You can also find me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. Or on Facebook at The Mitch Davis Show. I want to thank Rachel Barbo again and our sponsors, S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington Depot Square. So be sure you go out to S.Y. Wilson, Arlington, Tennessee for all your collegiate and all your tackle and bait and outdoors needs. S.Y. Wilson has it for you there on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Until next time.